Welcome to the next episode of the Hondo Handy Podcast. My guest today is Andre Collins. How you doing today, Andre? Doing great. How you doing? All right. Sounding very good there, Andre. Thank you for being on today. Uh, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Andre, um, you know, for those who do not know, Andre played professional basketball for 10 plus years in, in, in uh, Europe after being a member of the NCAA National Championship team at the University of Maryland. Before finishing up college, uh, his college career, um, he uh, transferred to Loyola University, where he was fourth in the nation in scoring. In high school, Andre averaged 30.5 points per game as a senior, in addition to winning a 1A Maryland State Championship title, and was also a prep All-American. Andre, tell me a little bit about your upbringing at and as a youngster, when you started playing sports and uh, what other sports you played before high school? Um, well, I, I grew up in Chrisfield, Maryland, um, between Chrisfield and, and Marion Station, uh, Maryland. I spent a lot of time with my grandparents um, in the Marion uh, area. And, you know, in the summertime, we would just wake up early in the morning and we would pretty much play everything. Um, we'd be outside all day long, play basketball, football, um, baseball, you know, any sport you can think of, we, we attempted it um, growing up. Baseball probably was my first love. Um, you know, I played that all the way up to high school. Um, you know, I played that until, honestly, I started getting recruited basketball but I, I think I want to say I started playing basketball when I was about four years old just trying to follow behind my little my uh, older brother okay. um, you know who inspired me um, you know and I always wanted to follow his footsteps and do you know do whatever he was doing as a kid so that's that's pretty much how I fell in love with the game so um, sounds like your, your brother is one of the people that uh, influenced you to play the game absolutely uh, he was always when I was growing up, he was always a person that um, I felt like I had to to either be uh, be like. Um, I felt like I was living up to him, playing in his shadow. Right, right. Um, you know, and and I knew if 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 I continue to work hard and as, and as long as I could get even close to his his game you know, that, that I would be pretty good in the game of basketball because for me, you know, he was, um, like I said, he, he was just everything for me when when it comes to the game of basketball. Um, Andre, uh, as you got a little older, um, maybe during the summer, did you play on any AAU teams or travel teams? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's funny because I always tell everyone, you know, that, how important AAU basketball was to me. I, I feel like it was very vital in my success um, and my story going forward from being able to play beyond high school. Um, you know, growing up on the Eastern Shore, basketball is not really respected um, down here by a lot of college coaches. Right. So I played for the Delaware Sharpshooters. Um, it was an organization ran by Dwayne Coverdale and uh, Frank Brown. Uh, both from the Delaware area, Maryland, kind of that Maryland Delaware area. Okay. Um, you know, closer to Milford, and 
and Denton and Carolina County. So I played with those guys. But again, you know, like playing AAU basketball just gave me so much exposure to uh, get in front of the the top college coaches, Division One, Division Two, you name it. Um, you know, it it, it really uh, put us in position to showcase our talents. Did you get a play? Uh, get a chance to play across the across the across the bridge a lot. Uh, absolutely. Uh, in the summertime, I was, I felt like I was on tour in the summer, <laughs> uh, you know, you know, it felt like a job, um, you know, cause we took basketball really serious. So we was all over the country, uh, not wow. just, you know, being able to travel across the bridge, you know, but we, we were gone sometimes like three weeks at a time. Uh, we would leave one, wow. we would leave one state and we will go to another. Um, you know, we was all over the country down in Orlando. We were down in, uh, Atlanta, we would go to Indiana, Indiana. Um, wow. you know, we, Ohio, you know, we traveled, we traveled all over the country, uh, Kentucky, got a chance to play against some really, really like big name guys out of high school and being able to hold our own. Um, you know, it was a really, it was a great experience for me. And, and honestly, it was a confident booster going into my senior year because I realized then that I was able, not just being able to compete against uh, people on the Eastern Shore or or in the state of Maryland, for that matter, but being able to compete against anybody in the country. Uh, so, uh, you, you att- what high school did you attend? I attended Crystal High School. Okay. And uh, did you say you played all four years? Yes, I played varsity all four years. Um, you know, I was... It was a great, great experience for me as a freshman. Um, I got an opportunity to play with my older brother um, for that. Wow, that was, that'd be neat. Yeah, he was a senior. I was a freshman. Um, after probably, I think, maybe the fifth game of the season of my freshman year, I started every game after that. Wow. Uh, so being being able to start in the backcourt with him was, you know, something I always wanted to do. Um, you know, we, we went to College Park that year. Fell short in, in the uh, semifinal game. Wow! But it was a great, you know, it was a great experience. Did you play uh, point guard all all your life, or were you a shooting guard at times? Um, I think I was. Um, I guess considered more of a combo guard. Um, you know, because because in my game, I was always able to. I have very good court vision, but I'm also have a knack to score the basketball. Um, you know, so, right. so I guess so. You know, I, I've been in positions where certain teams, especially at the professional level, certain teams where they needed me to play more of a point guard role. Um, and then I've also been on certain teams that needed me to score the basketball a little bit more, like like Loyola, my year at Loyola. Um, you know, they needed me to score the basketball. Uh, you know, so. Right. So I, I brought the ball up, played some point, but it was more more of a combo type of situation. Okay. Um, well, in high school, you, you had an outstanding career. Uh, as I mentioned before, you, you had a state title uh, at the University of Maryland, but um, you also averaged at 30.5 points per game, but 9.9 assists, 5.1 steals, 4.9 rebounds. That was Fantastic career. Um, you also scored an amazing 2,152 points as a high school basketball player. That's almost unheard of. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I was I was always blessed. Um, 
I've had I had great great teammates. Um, you know who. You know, with with my team, we always put our personal agendas to the side. It was always about the team, always about winning. Um, you know, and and I was just always in position to 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 do that. Um, you know, my coach, Mr. Rayfield, always put me in great positions on the court to be able to showcase my ability to score the basketball, but not only just scoring, but being able to pass the basketball as well. Yeah, nine, um, nine assists is a, a lot of assists. Right, yeah. Yeah, you know, so like I said, my, my teammates did an excellent job of of both getting me the ball to, to put me in position to score as well as finishing plays when, you know, when I was on the other end of, of, of passing the ball to them, um, you know. My high school career wouldn't have been what it was without any of my teammates or or and most definitely without my high school coach, uh, Phil Rayfield. God rest his soul. He was a great coach. Um, you also were a player of the year on the Eastern Shore. First, the, You were first team All-State as a sophomore, junior, and a senior, and, and your senior years. I don't uh, know. I don't know how true that is or where that came from with sophomore year. Um I, I do believe my junior and senior year is that's definitely accurate, but my sophomore year, I don't know how that got in there. <laughs> I saw it somewhere <laughs> on your bio, somewhere. Yeah, but, but, I don't know uh, how that got in there. Well, one thing for sure was that you were a prep All-American at Chrisville. And, right. and that was an outstanding achievement for, for an Eastern Shore player. And then you got to play in the uh, Capital Classic All-Star game following your senior year. And what was that like? Uh, it was it was an amazing experience. Um, you know, I, I think from from the summer from my junior year going into my senior year, I saw a major leap um, just in in my notoriety uh, around the country. Um, you know, all the the major, I guess, people that that did the rankings back then, and you know, the college coaches and stuff like that. Right. Um, you know, started recognizing my game and recognizing my name. Um, so you mentioned Prep All-American. The reason I'm speaking this is because, you know, I was invited to the Nike All-American camp. Right. Um, the June, my junior year going into my senior year that summer. And after that camp, I had a really good, really good camp. And the camp is the top 100 uh, basketball players in the country. Um, and, you know, I had a really good camp. And after that, it was just like everything took off for me. Right. Um, you know, so after my senior year, I got invited to the Capital Classic uh, to play in that game. And that was just an amazing experience. Just a, Some people don't understand the history behind that game. Um, some of the, the the major players, I think at the time, that was probably the second best high school all-star game behind the McDonald's all-star game. Um, McDonald's All-American game. Right. You know, some some people, like Michael Jordan, for example, has played in the, the Capitol Classic. Wow. Grant Hill, you know, all of those, it's, it's some Hall of Famers that really played in that game. So for me, being able to play, um, to be recognized and, and invited to play in that game from the Eastern Shore. Um, and I also think I was the first person to ever play in that game from the shore. I tell um, you that, you, you were with some good company. Right, you know, so it was, it's, it's definitely an honor, um, you know, and something I've always uh, been been very appreciative of. It was a great experience. Um, on your following high school, you you attended Hargrove Military Academy. How was that experience, and, and uh, how was the competition? Oh my goodness, Hargrave was probably the 
the most challenging besides uh, my year at Maryland, uh, my years at Maryland. Hargrave was probably my most challenging uh, year of my life in regards to basketball. Not necessarily from uh, on the basketball court, but just having to to live like I was in the military. Um, mm. Knowing that I was supposed to be a freshman in college, um, didn't qualify SAT-wise, so that's why I had to go to Hargrave. Okay. And, you know, we did everything, everything that the normal students would do, like the, the students that were there preparing to to go into the military you know we had to do that type of stuff we had to shave uh we wore wow. a uniform we had to get up at five in the morning mm. for formation um you know it didn't matter the weather we were out there uh you know marching at times you know it so it, it was a very difficult experience for me but at the same time once i got through it um Again, that was another situation I was so appreciative of because it taught me so much um, as a man. It taught me that that I could be on my own, um, taught me how to be independent. You know, it, it was it was just right. I, I've learned I learned a lot of life lessons there, um, you know. So it, it was while I was going through it, it wasn't a great experience, um, you know, but, right. but after the fact, I was very appreciative of, of that experience. So the Hargrave Military Academy, most of those guys are actually going into the military. Uh, yeah. Well, well, see the way it's set up. Um, it's called the postgraduate. Uh, the team I played for was postgraduate, so we didn't play any other high school teams. We played junior colleges. Um, played junior colleges. We played. Like I never knew this at the uh, until I got to Hargrave, but. Played University of North Carolina's JV team. I didn't know they had a JV team. Okay. Um, you know, but so we were playing against guys that were in college. Right. Um, the competition was was definitely it was great competition. Um, we lost one game that year, and it was to Oak Hill Academy. Oh was, man, they were right. Sometimes the number one team in the country. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And at that time, they were as well. They had a high school player. Um, he went straight to the NBA from 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 that team. Santa um, wow. Gia, you know. So so the competition was 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 great. You know, we play. We had, I think, out of out of fourteen players, we had eleven went to major Division One colleges. Wow. Who was your coach at the academy? Uh, my coach was Kevin Keats, who was actually the current coach at NC State right now. Wow, that's mm. big time. Yeah, it was. It was, you know, he was a great coach as well. Um, it's amazing how he, he's worked his way up the rank and you know up the pole and you know to be where he's at now. Um, right. You know, from from working in a postgraduate program and steadily sending players to to top colleges, and then you know he finally got his opportunity, um, and, and he's doing really well at NC State right now. Andre, have you ever, um, uh, you know, I'm going to ask you another question before we finish up with the academy. Have you ever considered uh, being a coach uh, at the college level? Uh, absolutely. I, I really have. Um, you know, it, honestly, that was always a goal of mine once I retired. I always told myself during my playing days that when I retired, I was probably going to uh, get into coaching at the college level at some point. But, you know, I have three kids now. Um, 
and I sacrificed a lot of time away from them when right. I was playing when I was playing overseas and traveling and even even since retiring and coming back home I kind of jumped right back out and and been very active in the community and working with the youth um, right. you know so I still at times sacrificed my time away from them so you know I, I honestly feel like me coaching at the college level is probably not something that's in, in the cards for me anymore because I just right. want to make sure I'm, I'm around and doing the things I'm supposed to do uh, to better my kids as well. Well, at the academy, you, you did a fine job that one year. You're there. You had uh, an average of 15.6 points a game, eight assists again. Uh, always great doing that. Um, uh, and while you were leading, as you mentioned, your team to a 27-1 record. And um, I guess you also played in the Charge City All-Star game following the academy in Baltimore. Yeah, uh, that was the first, the first ever uh, Charm City basketball game, so All Star game. Oh, okay, pretty, first one. Huh? Yeah, so it was pretty much um, the way the way it was set up. It was kind of set up the same way the Capital Classic was. Okay. Um, you know, so what they would do is they would they would bring in, um, I guess, some of the top players around the country to come and play against more of the local guys. Okay, um, you know more the Maryland, the okay. Maryland area guys, um, right? You know, so so that was a great experience, also. Okay. Um, uh, tell me, list my listeners a little bit about your journey to college. I know um, uh, you you uh, wanted to play at Maryland. Uh, that was that your first choice, or were there other colleges that were interested in your talents? But it's it's funny. Um, when I was growing up probably early high school, I always said I was going to play at University of North Carolina uh, for the Tar Heels. Tar Heels. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was on the a at an AAU program. Well, we was on a, on a tournament, and I remember one of my coaches, um, you know, wanted to see if they had any interest. They liked my game, but, you know, one of the, one of the issues I think with me that happened at the ACC was, was my height. Um, right. You know, ACC. Most of the point guards are about six two. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and I was five nine. So, you know, Carolina said that I was too short. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So you know, I I was back then. I took a lot of things personal. So it just made me work on my game a little bit more. Um, anyway, I committed committed to Maryland out of high school and um, my senior year. Right. I didn't qualify to get the SAT, qualify for the SAT score. So Maryland placed me at Hargrave um, until I got my, you know, until I qualified. Right. Um, you know, while I was at Hargrave, funny thing is, University of North Carolina started recruiting me. So I, re- <laughs> so I reopened my, I reopened my commitment to Maryland. Um, is that right? Yeah, I did. I de- Well, I, I didn't. I. I didn't necessarily decommit right. from Maryland, but um, I kind of reopened just a little bit because, I mean, you know, a, a program like University of North Carolina comes knocking, you know, you definitely want to give them the, your ear. Right. Um, you know, so, you know, I entertained it for a little bit. I know the the coach that was recruiting me at Maryland, he flew down to, to Hargrave, like, immediately, um, you know, to <laughs> – and and I ended up, you know, 
finalizing it and, and making sure I, I, I stuck to Maryland. Okay. Well, at Maryland, you became a national champion, uh, probably the only player from the Eastern Shore. How, how was that feeling? Uh, actually, Albert Mooring won one as well. With, oh, with uh, Connecticut. With That's UConn, right. With UConn. Actually, right. Was, right. I think it, it was two years earlier than me. I want right. to say. He did. I, I remember was, now. Yeah, I think it was probably about two years before I did. Um, right. Maryland, but, you know, winning, winning national championship, um, I've won on, I've won on all three levels. I've played professional, college, and high school. Um, winning one, winning a state championship in Chrisfield for your city and your school is amazing. Um, the whole town come out, but, right. but just the, the, type of, of scale and the type of reaction and the love and support that you get for winning a national championship, being able to say, <laughs> being able to say you are the only team in college basketball to, right. win, to win the championship, you know, <laughs> it was an amazing experience. Um, something that I will forever cherish and be appreciative of. Um, you know, I, I didn't play a single minute in that game, but, um, you know, it, it was, that's something that no one will ever remember, though. You know, no one will ever look right, at my name right. and say, you know, oh, he won the NCAA champion, he won the national championship, uh, but he didn't play. You know, no, so they will remember that. Yeah, you know, I, so so for me, um, just the 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 type of things that the memories that that come along with that, you know, is just amazing. Um, to share that bond with with my brothers uh, from that team, you know, is, is just an amazing experience. Yeah, what I remember is, um, you know, I think Juan Dixon with his arm around you. Yeah, you guys just celebrating. That was a uh, that was <laughs> that was right. something to see. Yeah, I was so uh, I was so emotional that game um, because I felt like it's just something, you know, being right. from being coming from the Eastern Shore, and not just coming from the Eastern Shore, but coming from a town like Chrisfield, um, where the you know where the where the deck is stacked, everything is stacked against you. Um, right. You know, so so my emotions were after that game, being able to be a part of history like that was, you know, I was all over the place, man. Like some of my friends make memes about some of the pictures, you know, because they see pictures of me crying. Um, right, right. <laughs> you know, when we were celebrating when Juan had his arm around me, you know, so it was it was just a great experience. Well, you played a couple years at Maryland, and I know. Uh... You also made history while you were at Maryland, uh, knocking down the final three-pointer in the history of the University of Maryland's Coalfield House. Right. Oh, uh, man, that's something that nobody ever can take. Absolutely. Uh, away from you. No, I, I saw that, too. It's, it's <laughs> a, a funny story. I wasn't supposed to shoot it. <laughs> it was right at the end. I, yeah. I, was, I wasn't supposed to shoot it. We was winning by, like, 30 or 40. Right. Um, and, you know, Gary Williams is telling me to hold the ball. But then I got my guys like Juan Dixon and Steve Blake and Lonnie Baxter, Chris Wilcox, and, you know, those guys who I'm in the locker room with, they're right. telling me to shoot it. Right. You know? So I don't know what to do. Uh, <laughs> you know, so I ended up I ended up taking the shot. It went in. Um, I thought Gary Williams was going to kill me, though. <laughs> but it was funny because the next, uh, the next morning um, – I can't remember why, but we always had team meetings at that level. Um, you know, this is one of the things at that level. It was always serious. Um, you know, it was like 
it was like a job. Right. So that next morning we had a team, individual team meeting, come in to, you know, do things like watch film, just have conversations with the coaches, um, you know, and I was going in and he was actually walking out of the office. Gary Williams was, and he passed me and said, Andre Collins, the man of the hour. Last shot told <laughs> You know, it, I was relieved. I was relieved a little bit because, you know, I was like, all right, he's not really mad. I guess he understood. Well, at Maryland, I tell you, at the ACC, you got to play against all those big schools. You got to play against North Carolina. Right. You're right. I had some – at Maryland, I probably had some of my better games um, against Carolina. Whenever we played Carolina, it was some of my – you know, I always had my better games against them. Man, had, you had good games against Carolina and Florida State. Right, uh, Norfolk State and Citadel. I know they weren't in the ACC, but um, it's something to look back on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's at times I I uh, I go back and I look at some Maryland, some things from Maryland, highlights from Maryland. Um, you know, some of the games that we played, just to just to hold on to those memories. Um, right. I have a nine year old. I have a nine year old son, and you know, it's. You know, he, he tells me all the time he wants to follow in my footsteps and, and play the game of basketball. And, you know, I, I think that type of – having that type of stuff to show him is important. It is. So following um, – what was your junior year? Or the middle of your junior year decided to transfer um, to Loyola University. Yes. Yeah. Um, I transferred because I just, you know, I, I always knew that I wanted to play professional basketball. And um, I just wasn't getting the opportunity to to be on the court and prove myself at the University of Maryland. Um, you know, I would, I'm a, a great competitor. Um, I would hold my own in practice. I felt like I should have been, you know, getting more playing time than what right. I, I was. Um, right. You know, and, and it was a painful, hard decision for me to leave that program. Um, right. You know, but I had to do what was best for me. Um, and in the long run, I, I feel like I made the I made the best decision for myself, and and I felt like it was the correct decision. Well, uh, you did, and uh, uh, your, that year that was your last year of playing. Uh, you finished fourth in the nation in scoring, and correct me if I'm wrong. It looks like you were fifth in the nation in three point shooting, uh, first in the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference in three pointers. Uh, in your senior year, you averaged twenty six point one points and scored three hundred, scored seven hundred and thirty one points in one season. Yeah, and yeah, that's big time. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, it was another situation um, where, you know, I was just I was put in in a position to to really display, put on full display of my talent. Um, you know, my ability to be able to score the ball, my be my ability to to be able to run a program. Um, you know, and, you know, Jimmy Patsos, I tell him all the time, um, you know, who was my – Jimmy Patsos was, was my head coach at Loyola, um, who actually took the head coaching job um, the year I left – the year I left Maryland, he took the head coaching job that summer. Um, and he was he was one of the assistant coaches at Maryland. When at I Maryland, there. I thought he was, right, right. Yeah, you know, so – So you were comfortable. Yeah, I was comfortable, and on top, you know, I trusted, I fully trusted him. Um, I, I committed to go to Loyola before I even visited the campus, um, you know, and that was just off the strength of, of him and, and my trust in him, um, you know, and he put me in position to 
to succeed. I, I rededicated my uh, rededicated myself to the game of basketball and, and worked hard because a lot of people don't know when I left Maryland, I kind of just I kind of just just hung around and, and stopped being committed to the game. Um, I was really in a state of depression because things right. weren't working out. And, yeah. And I felt like I was, uh, you know, I felt like all my dreams and goals and the things that I worked hard for were, were going out the window. Right. Um, you know, so I rededicated myself, especially during the, the year I had to sit out at Loyola. And, you know, I was in the gym every day. I was in the weight room every other day. Um, so by the time it came around for me to play my senior year, I knew I didn't have any time to waste. And I was going to make the best of, of that time. Well, it looks like you did because you ended up making first team all uh, mid Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference. Right. Yeah. And that was a very that was a tough conference. Um, it was a guard heavy conference, you know. So, you know, we I had a battle every single night, um, you know, going up against other guards that could really, really play the play the game and really, really score the basketball. Right. Well, um, yeah, like I said, you obviously had a successful career at Loyola, and that's probably a, was a great uh, move, which led you to your professional career in Europe. Um, I mean, that was your goal to play professional basketball, but what was it like getting your uh, your first uh, first contract? Oh, uh, it was uh, <laughs> it was it was just. It was like a dream come true. Um, my first contract wasn't really a lot, um, you know, on the contrary to, to what a lot of people think. Uh, my contract, my first year was, you know, kind of it was, it was another year where I had to prove myself. Right. Um, you know, I think my agent did a really good job of placing me somewhere that uh, it was in a, a well-respected league. Um, a lot of NBA talent was in that league. A lot of top Division One guys played in that league, and I was able to go in my my rookie year and um, and may have a major impact on on the team that I played on. And, and where did you um, play your first year? I played in Italy in a small town called Ferrara. Okay. Um, you know, so actually, I played there my first three years. Um, you know, so. So that first contract was just like, you know, it, it was kind of, I had two emotions. First emotion was, was you know, kind of like a relief where I was, you know, just thrilled to have realized my dream. Right. But then, but immediately looking at the contract that I signed, it was, you know, I got right back into, into that, you know, I'm hungry, like hungry mode where I got to prove myself and, Right. You know, where I wasn't going to be satisfied with just making it there. I wanted to make it there and make a major impact. Was um, your first contract a one-year uh, contract and, and a two-year contract? What was it? My first contract was a two-year, $100, okay. $150,000 um, contract. And okay. first year was 60, second year was 90. So I had a great first year, in the, especially in the playoffs. Um, and the team that we lost against in the playoffs, they actually won the championship. So they, uh, after the championship, after the season was over and and the finals and everything was over, they, they tried to buy me out of the contract to get, get me out of my second year with that team. Mm. Um, so, so what it did, it gave me, it gave me, um, kind of, 
I guess, negotiating power to, to get my team to renegotiate my contract. So what I did was I signed another two after my first year. I renegotiated and signed another two year deal. That yeah, I was wondering because you said you played there three years, yeah. right? That would keep me there for two more two more years. The leverage there, right? Um, what tell me about the transition from college to the professional ranks? What was that like? Well, for well for me, I think it was. Um, I think I think Europe basketball is very similar to to college so it wasn't really a wasn't too much of a hard transition I think playing in Europe the style of play is is kind of different just in what coaches you know what they want and like, like a lot of coaches prefer over there an assist to come from passing the ball out to a three-point shot versus you know getting in the lane and and passing to the big guy underneath the basket okay um, you know but but to be honest um, Europe, European basketball is professional basketball. I think it's just tailored for my game because it's a lot of pick and roll, and okay. um, you know, and I was a, a very good pick and roll basketball player. Was um, was there a big language barrier for you, and how did you adjust if it was? Well, my first my first year, um, you know, it was it was very difficult, and it was very difficult just being in another country, not speaking their language, but right. the basketball, um, my coach, he spoke English. He spoke well enough English to where, you know, we were always able to understand anything that was going on. Um, you know, so he would, he would pretty much speak in, in Italian and then he was speaking English. Um, and then, but after that, my second year, I started picking up on the language and, and like now I'm fluent in Italian. Um, Wow. Yeah, so you know, being able to learn the language was was a big advantage for me as well. Um, not only in regards to being able to play the game, but just uh, showing an showing a appreciation of another culture. Um, I think that helped me help me out in regards to off the court as well, drawing interest from teams. Um, how did you get along with your teammates, and were there any other Americans on your team? Yeah, so my first two years, uh, first two years playing, I think we were only allowed two Americans per team, um, you know. But but I was always, you know, I, that was one of the things. That's one of the things I miss about about playing um, in a competitive nature. You know, just I miss the locker room or the bus rides and you know stuff like that, or poker night with the guys with my teammates. Um, <laughs> you know, I. You know, it's, it's you know, it's just that brotherhood. Um, right. You know, it was especially my first three years playing. Um, I was very close with those guys. You know, we we kept our team together for the most part um, all three years. Yeah, and, You know, we we were close. Uh, our families were close. Um, you know, we eat dinner together. So it didn't really stop at just, you know, at basketball. Like, we really shared the bond and the brotherhood. Um, what what other teams or countries did you play for? Um, I played – so I played eight and a half years in Italy. Okay. Um, you know, all, I've been to Sicily, you know, played in Sicily. I played in um, – played close to Naples, close to Rome, um, played in Bologna. 
you know, in Italy, pretty much, you name it. Um, you know, I've been all up and down, you know, all over Italy, um, down south, up north. You know, and and I just love like Italy. You know, it's like second home to me. Uh, I played two years in Belgium, um, and okay. I played and I played one year in, in Turkey. Andre, what what was the best thing that you enjoyed about your time in Europe? Uh. I would say basketball-wise or, or just in general? In general. I would say um, in general, I, I would just say being able to to, to see the world. Um, right. You know, and, and indulge in, in different cultures and, um, you know, grow as a person. You know, uh, being able to show my kids things that I would have never imagined that I would see coming from Chrisfield. Right, you know, like you know, I used to take trips and go visit those historic places like the Colosseum or you know, plate or the uh, or Vatican City, and you know, just, just things of that nature. You know, it's, it's just being able to to remember those things and hold on to to all of those things. Um, you know, there's something that you'll never be able to forget in a lifetime. Basketball wise, you know, I, I would say just some of the relationships that I've been able to build over there, um, obviously right. being able to make a living over there um, right. and, you know, winning a championship, uh, MVP and, you know, like all of those type of things, um, you know, just collectively, I enjoyed everything, the downs, the ups, um, you know, it, it was just, it was an overall great experience. How long, how long did uh, the season usually last? How long were you over there? So I would always leave um, about mid-August for training camp. And, okay. Yeah, and then normally I would come back anytime around um, mid-May to late June. Okay, that's long. Yeah, yeah. And the preseason games, we would play tournaments, so we would have about three three games a tournament. Um, you know, so our preseason, we probably played about 40 games in the preseason. In the preseason? Yeah, because we would go. I mean, we we would have a lot of friendly games. They would call which is friend uh, scrimmages. So we would have right. scrimmages. Then we would have games where you know where we would go to a tournament for the entire weekend. Um, wow! And we would play you know two or three games each weekend. Mm. Um. So, so we would go so from from early September to to uh, I want to say. The season would always start around mid to late October. Okay. So late August to to mid October, we were playing games. Wow. Um, did you get you know any other a chance to work with any youth over there? Um, I did. I I did little workshops and things like that. Um, okay. It, it came, you know, it came with with part of the. That was part of our responsibility. Okay. Um, All right. You know, and I always loved doing that because opportunity to have your hand on the game and being able to pay pay the game forward. Right. Um, you know, so we used to do little workshops uh with 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 teams that I played for. We used to go into the schools and, you know, just kind of talk um to the kids, you know, about about our profession and and the hard work and dedication and commitment that we had to put towards our games, um, you know, just 
just to try to be a positive influence to, to the youth. Well, Andre, um, like you mentioned, you had a, a fantastic professional career over there, playing 10-plus years in, in Europe. You were the 2008 Italian League Player of the Year. Congratulations on that. Thank you. I appreciate it. And you also, in 2008, won the Italian League Championship. So that was um, uh, another championship that you had mentioned earlier. You won on all three uh, uh, stages. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, it, that's that's very rare. Um, you know, so so that's also something that I'm, I'm very proud of. Um, you know, it is. I guess it would be. You got to win that national championship. Yeah. Even to be in, in that in that. <laughs> To even to be in that mentioning. Right. Um, you know, it's just something that's so hard to do. And, You're and, right. And and when a season, you always want to win your last game. And, you know, in the season, um, to, to just, it, it, honestly, it's just being able to see the fans um, to bring so much joy to, to people who support you and spend their money to come see you play and uh, all year round, you know, it's, it's just an amazing feeling. Right. Well, and then, um, in 2015, in, in the same Italian league, uh, A2, you were the defensive player of the year. So, offense to defense. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, I started slowing down, man, um, you know, in the offensive end. And I was playing playing on teams that really wanted me to show um, more of a point guard role, uh, right. you know, as my game, as I got a little older. Right. Um, you know, which, which is fine because it's – you know, it's 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 hard being able to go out, having to go out and score twenty points a game every night. Right. Um, you know, and a lot of those those years, I, I wasn't able to really display that I was a very good defensive player as well. Um, you know, just because it takes a lot to be able to run the team and score in every possession, you you're you're either creating or or right. trying to score the basketball. Um, you know, it was times my coach told me to to you know kind of that I had to be smart on the defensive end, right. you know? So that year in 2015, um, you know, I was able to, I was able to, to, to just pretty much focus on my full game. Um, I think I probably averaged around 13, around 13 points, um, 14 points or something like that. 15. I, I can't right. remember. Um, you know, and I averaged about six assists. So I was, I think I I was I led the league in assists as well. Um, wow. you know, and I led the league in steals. And still so, defensive player of the year. Yeah, so you know, <laughs> so defensive player of the year. Um, you know, so I was able to to really focus a little bit more on the defensive end that year. Um because we had a couple guys that could really score the basketball as well. So, you know, I was at that age in my career, you know, it was it was great for me to be able to to step in that role. Gotcha. Andre, is there anything else you'd like to mention about playing in Europe? Uh, I mean, it was just, you know, an amazing experience, um, something I would cherish for the rest of my life. Right. Um, you know, something that I could, I can always, it's a part of my story. Um, right. You know, something I could always be able to look back on and share with my grandkids when, whenever I have those, share with my kids. Um, you know, the connections I've made, the networks I've, you know, I've been able to attain over there um, friendships and bonds that I've, I've built over there. Um, it's just an amazing experience. Um, you know, it's made me more of a better all around person being able to, you know, dive into other people's cultures and, 
being able to, you know, just and appreciate that. Right. Um, you know, it, it was just an, an amazing, amazing opportunity, amazing experience. Andre, uh, for the youth today, you know, I've always been a person of uh, trying to promote good sportsmanship. How much does good sportsmanship play in the, in the life of an athlete? Oh, it's, it, it's everything, um, you know, because you, you never know who's watching. And I tell guys that all the time. Um, you never know who's in them stands. Um, and you could be a horrible – well, not horrible, I'm sorry. You could be a great player, a great, great, great player, very talented player. But if your attitude and your sportsmanship is bad, you know, no one's really going to want to deal with you. Right. Um, you know, and it's going to hurt it's going to hurt you in the long run. You know, so it, it costs you nothing to be to be a team player. It costs you nothing to be uh, to show respect on the court. Um, you know, not saying you got to be a nice guy and, and lay down, right? Um, right. You know, because I was far from that. Right. When I was playing. Um, you know, you can be competitive, but you also gotta you also gotta do it the right way. Right. You're right. Well, Andre, since you've been home, you've been very active in the community, as you mentioned. Um, you have been teaching. Uh, you have a teaching uh, basketball teaching facility called the Lab Basketball Training. Uh, mm-hmm. You have been involved with uh, local high schools, coaching at James M. Bennett and, and Chrisfield this year. Mm-hmm. Plus, you hosted uh, celebrity basketball events uh, to fight against uh, violence, drugs, and bullying. Mm-hmm. So, I want to thank you on that. Any comment on that? Oh, I mean, you know, it's, it's just it's just something that I feel. Um, with my platform, I have to use my platform and, right. and the, you know, the name I've created for myself, uh, reputation I've created for myself in this area. I know I have a strong following, um, especially from the youth for, for the kid, from the kids that, that look up and, and want to play the game of basketball, who want to go to the college level. Um, you know, so I feel like it's, it's my duty and my responsibility to do some of the things I'm doing to help the youth. Um, you know, I was all, I always I had someone before who who helped me out. Right. You know, I had several people who helped me out, you know, mm-hmm. to help me get to a point to to be able to realize my dreams and I'm just trying to do the the same. I'm just trying to pay the game forward. Um teach the youth the basketball game, teach them life lessons. Um you know, trying to make the Eastern Shore a, a better place and get it back to that loving atmosphere that it was when I was growing up. Um you know, and you know, so just just trying to be a, a pillar to my community. Well, life lessons are definitely something that you learn from playing basketball, and, and thank you for trying to uh, pay it forward to the kids in this area on the shore. Uh, uh, is there absolutely. anything else you'd like to share? No, I mean, you know, I'm just – I appreciate you having me on. Um, yeah. You know, again, you know, my business, for anyone we, we work with, uh, anyone anywhere from beginning to pro. Um, you know, just any, 